and the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. Welcome to the uh, very first episode of the Unscripted Podcast. Uh, I am joined by a man who needs no introduction. He put you on Terry McLaurin before anybody else. He put you on Raheem Mostert before anyone. Uh, This man continually leads his followers to the promised land. He finds you those trophies. The one and only Paul Lundegaard. You know him at Polly Sleepers. Um, Polly, say hello to everyone. Hey, Randall. Hey, Jake. It's <laughs> uh, it's uh, good to get this going. Good to be on tonight. Uh, we're, we're getting a late start tonight, but we can uh, we can power through it. This is our first episode of Unscripted, and uh, hopefully, many, many, many more. No doubt. Uh, as you uh, also heard, we are joined by um, a man who. Last all-off season, he beat the drum for a couple of different guys. One of those guys was uh, Dalvin Cook. He told you continually to take this man ahead of his ADP, and if you listened, you likely won some trophies. I know I listened, and I won some trophies at his expense. (laughs) Um, uh, You know him uh, at BZB, um, Jake. Say hello to everyone, and, and what are your thoughts on the uh, the new Dalvin Cook news? Oh, well, first, let's go. Let's let's do the little hello. Um, so excited for this podcast to finally get going. So, you know, we'll just jump right into some stuff here. I mean, was I surprised with the Dalvin news? Absolutely not. I mean, you know, he's going into his last year, and, you know, he just he had a phenomenal 2019. You know, he finished with 1,135 rushing yards and 13 touchdowns he had 53 53 receptions for 519 yards um you know he absolutely tore up the league and minnesota's a a run heavy offense and he is the he is the engine to that offense so i mean honestly i think that they need to get a deal done with him i don't think he has a lot of leverage here i mean he's he made a million last year and he made he's going to be making 1.3 this year. If he were to hold out a camp, he's going to be getting fined 40 grand a day. So by the end of August, he's his that his salary's gone. So I don't think he's got a ton of leverage there. The only thing that does kind of, you know, look a little strange is is he was the sixth highest running back per PFF like ranking with PFF, but he was the 42nd highest paid running back per over the cap. So he's grossly underpaid. So he definitely needs a uh, he definitely needs a raise. But you know, he at first he was asking for fifteen, sixteen. Now he's you know saying he'd sell for thirteen. I think it's a good price. I mean, obviously it's going to come down to how many years they want to sign him to, and you know if they can actually get it done. The Vikings tend to sign their players closer to camp or you know you know in the camp. 
So there's still some signs of hope, but you know, again, it, there is a red flag there. So kind of just have to let the situation kind of play itself out a little bit. So uh, I'm a, I'm with you in that. I don't really think he has a whole lot of leverage here. Um, we've sort of seen this play out a couple of times and we've seen it work and, you know, with Ezekiel Elliott and we've seen it backfire, um, like it did with Melvin Gordon a year ago. Um, I think it's, it's kind of hard for him to stand on his body of work and not that he's not talented, but your best ability is your availability. And he's been often injured. Uh, during his entire stint in Minnesota. It was the one knock on him last offseason. It's just hard. It it would be hard for me to commit the kind of money that he is looking for, Um, especially when I have Madison and Boone in the backfield who have proven themselves capable Polly, what what do you think? I mean, do you, do you think he's got leverage here? Or? No, um, and they are the Vikings have about eight point five million dollars in in space. Yeah, that's a great. Um, point. Obviously, you know, teams trapped. teams can move money around. Always, you know, guys restructure contracts and 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 they make things happen. But I mean, I'm a little confused about the money that he wants because. I heard that he wants David Johnson money, which okay. he's getting paid ten point five this year and eight next year. But then his agent says that he'll accept thirteen. Right. Uh, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. I don't know exactly how much money he's asking for. They can barely afford to pay him the ten, uh, let alone thirteen. I mean, they they don't have thirteen million dollars right now. There's a, something. Interesting, too, with the collective bargaining agreement that has changed, that kind of changes the whole... Remember when Lev Bell held out and there was the whole thing like, well, if he if he plays X amount of games, it counts as a year accrued towards free agency and all that. They've negated that now. So if you hold out, um, you can't accrue a year to free agency if you hold out and you strap the team. Um, right. So that takes leverage away. The fact that Alexander Madison and Mike Boone are there ready to go takes leverage away. And uh, and like you said, the, his injuries. You know, Zeke got paid, but uh, I, I don't remember Zeke missing any games because of injury. Um, he missed some games from suspension. But, um, you know, the, the guy hasn't stayed healthy. I don't know that I would pay him all that money. I mean, you know, Stefan Diggs wanted money, and they, they traded his ass. So... I don't know. I, I mean, I, I could see them offering him like $8 million. and So I'll have to dig into the language a little bit. Uh, the new CBA is a great point. They not only did away with the, if you sit out, you don't accrue a year towards free agency, but if you're late to camp, uh, yes. you're, you don't accrue that year. Yep. So he, he really is in a precarious spot. And I think maybe he put the cart before the horse a little bit here. And I, I don't think the team is missing him now. I mean, you know, they're not really doing anything now. You know, uh, video chats and things like that. So it's just a, the timing of it is interesting. And one thing this uh, brings to my attention, and I um, I spoke with Chalk about this 
back during the NFL draft. Uh, and I know that it's unpopular to take running backs in the first round nowadays. But I, I know that uh, I spoke with Chalk and teams like to trade into the bottom of the first round to get quarterbacks. And they like to do that because they get that extra year to control them. Right, their fifth-year extension. Right, Yep. which Dalvin Cook is uh, lucky that he this is his fourth year, so he doesn't have that. I actually was gathering intel to write an article on why teams should trade back into the first round to take running backs. When you think about it, you think about where the Chiefs took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They control him for five years and then two years of fran- if they can sign him to the franchise tag. What is he, 22 years old? I believe so, yeah. Potentially, by the time he's done in Kansas City, they will have never paid him, and his career could be over. He's 29. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a no, really right. good point. It's, it's a great and, uh, point. I mean... Okay. Jetpack Galileo uh, had a a tweet today about um, if you are neck and neck about Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire um, in your fantasy drafts, take uh, CEH because he's going to have that extra year and that'll just you know help your fantasy team. So it, it's true. I mean, it, it, it'd be a good strategy. You know, do running backs matter? Less and less, but, you know, it could matter where you take him. And there's some there's some really talented guys next year in the draft. So um kind of surprised only one was taken in the first round this year. Honestly, I think there'll probably be two or three next year. I think the Colts are really fortunate to get uh, Jonathan Taylor where he fell to them. Oh, my Agreed. God. I was ecstatic. Yeah. I'm a Colts fan. Here in Indy, as you guys know, I was uh, I, I was jumping up and down. It, it it was not expected, really. You know, it wasn't talked about on the radio and all the pundits and everything. But as soon as they traded up three spots, I knew they were trying to uh, get him before uh, Jacksonville did. And he's you know, a beast. I, I can't wait. Oh, I can't absolutely. wait to see him out there. Absolutely. Just to kind of like throw one thing out with Dalvin too, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy with these running backs and how they how devalued they become because, I mean, he'll be making 1.3 in 2020. There is 18 punters in the league that are making more than he is. Jesus. And, you know, it's just when you when you think about that and you're just like, okay, this guy was literally, you know, essentially was right behind Christian McCaffrey all the way up through week 13 before he got hurt. And, you know, in terms of yardage and stuff like that. And, and, you know, he's making he's making nothing. I think we all agree that he's underpaid. But I think uh, we also all agree that he's going about this the wrong way. I think uh, come to camp, uh, strap up, prove that you can stay healthy. Uh, you are that offense. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't think there's any question there. Uh, he's a three-down talent. But come to camp. Prove yourself, and someone is going to pay you. His representation, in my opinion, should be looking at as Melvin Gordon. If they offer him anywhere close to what the Chargers offered Melvin Gordon, he should take it. And I think, I think if memory serves, that was around $10 million a year. 
Right, which is they did offer him that. He turned it down. Like a, yeah, he turned he turned it down, and now he's in making less for the next two years in Denver. Yeah, somebody should uh, show him how Melvin cost himself some money. There's some other holdouts that you know could happen. Joe Mixon. Uh, actually, somebody tweeted that you know Joe Mixon is next, but it came out April 16th uh, on the Bengals wire that. Uh, the Bengals are prepared for Joe Mixon to hold out. So that's that no, that news was a lot quieter. For some reason, when that was dropped, people didn't freak out as much as when Dalvin Cook's news dropped. I don't know why, but, uh, I mean, that was almost two months ago. Um, you know, I think the hardest part with that is, is even when you, like, when you look at what Dalvin did this year and then now him holding out, like, you could say, you know, I think the hardest part with Mixon is is he hasn't put together a full season where he like he has shown like half a season where he is this elite running back. You know, he's putting up crazy numbers. He's making runs that no one else can do. And then you have another half of the season where he is rushing for 40 yards a game. He's getting one catch for three yards and defenses are crushing him. So I think it's a little tough. Like he just hasn't put it together consistently yet. So I I don't know how that affects you know the Bengals and them looking forward, but honestly I think that Mixon knows that you know the Bengals are gonna at some point give him a contract because they're gonna have the cap room to do it. And, They've got more room in the cap, yes. So I think that he's aware that they're you know I I think he knows a deal is gonna come for him, whether it comes this year to be seen, but I think they're gonna lock him up and and give Burrows that you know because. Not only is he a, a fantastic runner, he's a dynamic receiver, and he's a great blocker too. So he's a three-down back, and he's perfect to sit next to Burroughs for his first few years and give him that RB one that he needs. Yeah, I don't, I don't really take anything, anything that we saw in Cincinnati last year. I'm just wiping that from my memory bank. Yep, uh, it's same. New quarterback, new offensive line, mm-hmm. um, I, potentially. Uh, I mean, I hate to even say this, but potentially a healthy AJ Green. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah, I know. I mean, he's not going into the season with an injury. I, I was really off of him last year because he was he had the foot injury in the summer, so we were waiting for him to to rehab. He he is healthy right now, so could be a a steal. Uh, for redrafts, uh, that's a guy that I don't have on any of my dynasty rosters, um, just because of the nagging feet. But uh, could be a hell of a redraft steal because um, he'll fall because um, people will be afraid to take him. And there's that risk reward where, at some point, we were talking about Corey Davis uh, earlier. You know, off uh, offline, and uh, I, I've I've talked more shit about that young man, that poor man, than probably anybody, but. <laughs> His ADP is now where it's it's a safe bet. You know, when you look at who else is going around those guys, um, I, I, I take the upside all day. Um, it'll be interesting to see what shakes out in, in Cincinnati with Tyler Boyd, Boyd with T. Higgins being drafted there, um, who is just a beast. I mean, when the Colts drafted Michael Pittman, I tweeted out, we're, we're, we're getting ready to draft Pittman or Higgins. I mean, I knew we were going to draft one of those two guys. I think they're very similar in prospects. And um, it, it's exciting to see see what, they'll, what they do there. 
I think the Colts Agreed. got the better player. Um, yeah. That, that may be a different discussion, but mm-hmm. as far as Corey Davis goes, Paulie, Corey Davis is the Kovorka as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, right, right, from Seinfeld. God. Yeah, man, I, I'm i not touching that dude. Um, I know, and, and I, I still don't have him on any of my rosters, but he is on my sleeper list this year because of uh, of that, you know, that depressed ADP and uh, and there, there's a player in there somewhere. He he needs to focus. I mean, I, he takes a lot of plays off. I don't see him really finishing plays and, and finishing routes all the time. He, hopefully somebody will, you know, shake him loose and get him going. Alvin Kamara is another one. So, yes. you know, the, those guys are all in contract years. And uh, when Christian McCaffrey got paid, there was a live – feed because Kamara was playing a video game with somebody and they were doing a live feed of it. So there was actually like a live shot of Kamara hearing about McCaffrey's contract. And he was like, man, I got to, I got to get that money. I got to get that money. And it's like, yeah, but don't hold out because he's one of my higher own players. Yeah. I got news for Alvin Kamara. He's not getting CMC money. No, no, nobody is. And, and Joe Mixon's not getting, uh, Dalvin Cook money and Dalvin Cook money. Dalvin Cook's not getting Ezekiel Elliott money. I mean, uh, I think they all need to temper their expectations a little bit uh, on what they get. I think Dalvin should be happy with uh, with nine or ten million, really, and, and forget this talk of getting thirteen. Uh, and I Agreed. think that's where it'll land, really. When yep. it's all when the, when the smoke clears, I think that's where where it'll end up being. Partly because they don't have thirteen million. <laughs> yeah, basically, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't think he's going to get anywhere close to $13 million a year. He, he, he's probably looking at it, and rightfully so, if the, whatever Kirk is making, no, some astronomical yeah. amount. Um, and the offense just doesn't go without Cook. Uh, but he's just he's just not going to make $13 million. No. Not in this right. climate. And we say all this about Madison and Boom, but I mean they're they're not Dalvin Cook. I mean you obviously want him on the field, like you said. He, yeah, no, best. they're capable, but they're not they're not special talents. No, BZ and all the startups that we were in, where you took Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook back to back. I mean, how how hurting are you if they both hold out? Are you just going to tank for Trevor? <laughs> or? You know, it, like I said, dude, it's there's some leagues where I'm not looking too bad because I was able to, you know, get some value or do some trades later on with, um, you know, some other running backs that I could hold tight with. But I mean, it's going to hurt because I mean, both of those guys bring, you know, RB one upside. So I'm probably going to be looking at a couple RB twos in there for the start. And uh, I just, I'd have, I don't even want to think about it. I just kind of want to. <laughs> You know, let, let's stick with Dalvin. Let's hope my boy Joe stays stays strong and hope he don't fall into that trap. BZ, I thought all your teams were already tanking. Oh, oh. my man. And I, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No. Couldn't help myself. You got, you got to do it, dude. You got to. I, I, I embrace it. I like it. So, uh, so I guess we could probably spend all day on running backs. And we mentioned CMC briefly, uh, but he's he's gonna he's got some new digs surrounding him this year. Uh, new head coach, uh, new offensive coordinator, 
a completely new defense, new quarterback. Um, what do you guys think about the Panthers uh, this coming up year? Is there any cause for concern there, Polly? Well, you know, new offenses take take time to develop, so I expect there to be a learning curve. But this is actually one of the most exciting coaching changes and 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 resets, you know, with the quarterback, head coach. You got Matt Rule in there now. You got Joe Brady in there now. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, it's it's going to be a whole new uh, ball game. I'm really excited. I'm excited for that LSU offense. What uh, what Brady brings to the table. A lot of people don't realize that Brady was actually an analyst for the Saints for two years. So he was a he was a he was a data guy. He was a stats guy, and he learned uh, from one of the best. And he brought that knowledge to LSU, and uh, and we saw one of the most prolific collegiate you know seasons ever. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. I've been having you know some Twitter discussions, and I know uh, Randall, you jumped in there about you know how how they're going to use all these guys and and. The discussion has been, you know, who's Jamar Chase, who's Justin Jefferson, but really the what it boils down to is both of those guys eight. I mean, one of them had twenty-one touchdowns, one of them had eighteen. They both had like thirteen to fourteen hundred yards. So really what it boils down to is what Teddy can do and what that offensive line can do. They didn't do anything uh to bolster that offensive line. I mean, they got like five uh, undrafted free agents, but they haven't brought in any big names and their offensive line was horrible last year. So I don't think we'll see the full, you know, spread vertical attack um, until that offensive line shores up. But, you know, targets, uh, attempts, uh, the Panthers attempted 633 attempts last year. So uh, DJ Moore got 135 of those targets. Christian McCaffrey got 142. Good God. Is Teddy going to throw the ball 633 times? I mean, I think his highest is 460. Yeah. So I'd say you got to meet somewhere in the middle there, like, you know, maybe 550 attempts. So DJ Moore is probably not going to get 135 targets. Christian McCaffrey is probably not going to get 142. I'm not saying to downgrade those guys in your rankings because Teddy is more accurate than that ragtag group they had last year and uh and that can lead to more yards after the catch Mm -hmm. um so once it gets clicking uh brady really believes in 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 bridgewater and there's a lot of weapons there and i like that attack i mean it's got a lot of trips formations uh with uh with motion uh, a lot of isolation uh where you're isolating one receiver on one side of the field a lot of uh Angle routes for the running back, you know, and that, you know, Reggie Bush ate with that kind of, uh, you know, attack and and Alvin Kamara. And uh, so you're going to see, I think, kind of a mixture of, of of LSU and the Saints there. But to start out, it's going to be a lot quicker. He's going to have to get rid of the ball a lot quicker. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned Brady was, a, was an analytics guy for – uh, for New Orleans, and prior to that, he was a grad assistant under Joe Moorhead at Penn State, and they ran a lot of RPOs. Um, and it, it's no 
surprised that RPOs are a staple of his offense, especially those glance routes. Uh, I expect stuff like that to continue. You you touched on the offensive line. That's the bugaboo. Uh, they traded for they traded Trey Turner, who they got a solid look at, and then decided to cut bait uh, for an an aging Michael Okun. <laughs> and they signed uh, Schofield, both from the Chargers. Michael Schofield, who started 66 of 76 career games. And they got a new offensive line coach in Pat Meyer, who coincidentally held that position with the Chargers. Um, so he's got a couple of guys in there that, that, uh, that at least know what he expects. But I don't think with the truncated offseason and the global pandemic and these guys not being able to work together, uh, I think that's going to be the thing that holds the Panthers' offense back this year. You're right. If there's going to be, we might one see thing. a very watered down version. Yes, uh, especially to start, and uh, that could happen in, with a lot of these teams. You know, Miami's got a whole new uh, system. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. There's I, a I lot think- of new. Uh, you know, I'm I'm excited about the the pieces to see what the, they're going to do there. Um, I don't think I would expect it right away, um, and I I think they're going to. This is a five win team at best. They're going to be trailing a lot. Uh, I don't I don't think CMC's usage is going to be much different than it has been. Nope. Um, I, I I wouldn't worry about him at all. I wouldn't either. That that yeah, he's that the one guy you don't have to worry about, yeah. right? I mean, that defense is terrible, so they're gonna they're gonna be playing a lot of catch up. So he's gonna be getting a lot of those checkdowns, garbage time receptions. I'm glad you brought up the RPO though, because uh, you know Burrow had a quite a bit of rushing upside last year for LSU. I think he accounted for twenty percent of the team's uh, running yards. So not that. Uh, Teddy's going to run that much, but he is mobile, and uh, there could be a you know four, five, six hundred yard, you know four, five, six touchdown rushing upside there that could be really, really nice for Teddy and fantasy owners. Um, yep, I know you uh, you really like Teddy, and I know that um, Brady handpicked Teddy. Um, if you watch the Saints, those five games that Drew Brees uh, missed last year with the thumb injury, they really coddled Teddy. Um, he's not going to have Michael Thomas running those eight, ten-yard routes and sitting down and getting open. So I'm I'm going to be real interested to see how this offense operates with Bridgewater back there. Yeah. Um, and and I may be wrong, but I'm not a hundred percent sold that that uh, this offense is going to hum with him at quarterback. I'm with you on that. I have not been buying too many Teddy Bridgewater shares, and I just I, I don't know. I mean, I think CMC is safe. I think DJ Moore is safe just in terms of volume, but I, I just I don't really like Teddy Bridgewater that much. I'm higher than uh, than all of the undroppables rankers on him. And uh, part of it is just that offense and the weapons. And uh, 
I did I did like him in, in Minnesota uh, before his injuries. I, I think this is his time to to have a hell of a comeback and, and show the league that you know he is a starter. And uh, it, you're right, it's not going to happen right off the bat, which is great because I could gobble up more shares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because it's it's going to be it's going to be something that doesn't click towards the end of the, uh, towards the middle of the end of the season or next year so uh I'll be I'll be buying up Teddy Bridgewater shares this year as they struggle out of the gate because uh they probably will and you're right that off season there's so much of an impact to this shortened off season that hasn't begun yet really <laughs> that I don't think fantasy uh people are are analyzing enough you know with the impact to the rookies with the impact to these new offenses, guys thinking that these rookies are going to come out and just have 70, 80% of the backfield right off the bat. It's not going to happen. It's really not. Yeah. No. Uh, in particular, in Indianapolis and Kansas City, uh, I don't think Damian Williams and Marlon Mack are just going to die. No. And no, the, they're getting paid. They know the offense. They're going to get used. You're not going to just bench these guys. You know, running backs are uh, are a commodity that you use, so you you're going to use these guys. Same thing with you know Mark Ingram and Dobbins and DeAndre Swift and Carryon Johnson. If Carryon could stay healthy, I mean, yep. wouldn't it be funny if 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 Carryon you know gets hurt again and and DeAndre Swift ends up being the RB one because he just gets the earliest opportunity out of. I mean, all it's these not guys. out of the question. It's definitely not out of the question. <laughs> But for the most part, those guys aren't going away, and they're getting paid, and they know the offense. So I think you'll see a lot of situations where these rookies start off with forty percent of the backfield, and then you know as the season goes on, they get more and more. But I mean, I've gotten into fights with guys on Twitter that are like, "Oh no, yeah, those guys are jags." You know, I posted that thing about those four guys in particular: Carry On and, and Ingram and Marlon Mack and Damian Williams. And they, and they were like, oh, those guys are Jags. They're not Jags. They're no. professional football players that have all done well in their, in their system at times. So they're going to get used. Damian uh, especially was... when these guys don't know the blocking. They don't, you know. There you go. Yep. Damian Williams was arguably the MVP of the Super Bowl. Sure was. Um, and the minute that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gets in there and gets uh, Patrick Mahomes killed, He's coming out of the game, and that was one of the big knocks on him at LSU. He's got to get better in pass protection. Uh, right. The not getting out there this offseason is not helping that. Nope, it isn't. Obviously, these guys are talented, and they're going to eventually be the man if things go according to plan, but there's some value to be had in the guys that are in the incumbent starters – that that we that we spoke about, especially uh, Mark Ingram. Like people, Mark Ingram is just like radioactive in drafts. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Oh, I've noticed it. People just expect J.K. Dobbins. I, I guess is just going to go in there and just. It's like um, I know you, Polly, and I. We spoke about this. It's like uh, independent George and relationship George. Right, uh, right, right. Um, they, I guess they just expect relationship George to walk in there and kill independent George. Uh, and I just don't think it's going to happen in all those places. 
Mark oh. Ingram was really good last year, and he, you know, people forget that he shared he shared time his whole career. So he's never really gotten a full full workload. So he's a pretty young he's a pretty young thirty. Is he thirty? He's yeah. thirty. Yeah, I believe. Yep. He yeah, he's 30. a pretty young thirty when you look at the tread on the tires and. uh and he was beasting out last year, man. He's that guy's not gonna just sit on the bench and watch some rookie take over the backfield, you know, without a fight. All these rookies are are definitely, you know, better than than the incumbents. I mean, we we know that. But it, it's all about using your commodities and also the guys know the offense. Um, it's so important. I, I think rookie wide receivers are gonna struggle even more. You know, the running Agreed. back position is a lot easier to learn. These virtual playbooks, I don't know. I mean, there's even guys playing with each other on Madden to try and get chemistry. I mean, imagine that. You know, uh, that's not going to translate 100% to the football field. You know, we know this. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I probably won't have any, you know, I won't be doing many re- redrafts because I'm pretty much all Dynasty now. But uh, in the few redraft leagues that I do, I, I probably won't have any rookies on my roster because they're all going to go way too soon. You, you mentioned the the rookie wide receivers, an interesting point. Another radioactive guy in drafts who I think is getting completely overlooked is Michael Gallup. Oh man, my, Michael Absolutely. Gallup's ADP has plummeted to ridiculous proportions. Yes, um, and he's a guy, especially in redraft who I think is going to provide tremendous value compared to where he's getting drafted. Agreed. Absolutely. Uh, yep. I know they drafted C.D. Lamb, but Michael Gallup was arguably their number one wide receiver last year down the stretch. The most important game of the season, they have to beat the Eagles. It's fourth down, and Amari Cooper's on the bench. Yep. Uh, I was – Really surprised that Dallas re-signed Amari Cooper. I was too. I know he got offered more money to go to Washington, uh, so he that likely played a role that he really just wanted to stay in Dallas. But I was really shocked that they decided to repay him. Yeah, I was too. I mean, I like Gallup coming into last year, and you know, even with Ceedee Lamb, they still have. You know, a lot of targets that got vacated by Cobb leaving and, you know, even Jason Witten leaving and everything like that. I think he's going to see 110 targets, 115 targets easy. And I would not be surprised if he ended up, you know, I won't be surprised if he outproduced Amari this year. I, I like him a lot. His talent's there. He's a phenomenal route runner. Um, you know, the kid's just, he's a, he's a good football player, so. I think people are sleeping hardcore on this. The CD Lamb just gave you an opportunity to buy. He's benefited from uh, not getting the top coverage, and and teams are going to have to worry about CD now too. And uh, like you said, term he there he out targeted uh, Amari for big stretches uh, of games. I mean, I was high on Gallup last year, as you guys know. I was really high on that kid, and and people think that he's. He's just done now. I mean, they drafted C.D. Lamb because, I mean, if you were watching the draft, that was a best player available pick. Mm-hmm. It was a good pick by the Cowboys because you just you kind of look at each other and you shake your heads and go, God, I mean, we got to take this kid, right? 
they weren't looking to get a wide receiver. They didn't get him because they're not happy with Gallup. They got him because there's no reason he should have been where he where he fell. Absolutely. Um, that was the best player available pick. And, and you could put three wide receivers out there and, and and why not? You know, I mean, it was like a luxury. They had a great draft, by the way. Um, not did. just CD, but they they their whole draft was just great. But there's what uh, 240 vacated targets there. Oh yeah, ton uh, of opportunity. So there's plenty for CD to eat and Gallup to continue to get what he's going to get. I think his targets will go up. He had 113, 115 targets last year. I think his targets will go up in the 125, 130 range, actually. And you're talking about a guy that averaged 17 yards per reception. Uh, He makes big plays down the field. Extremely Uh, underrated. I'm glad you brought him up because he was a huge sleeper of mine last year. Yeah. And still very much so. He's on my sleeper list right now. I mean, people know who Michael Gallup is, but I just he's being slept on so bad because he's fallen so much in – in ADP, um, people are going to draft CD Lamb ahead of him and redraft. No, <laughs> and God, they're man. going to be probably dropping him yeah. uh, for Marvin Jones at some point. You know, it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah, com- uh, nine rookie point- fever is rookie fever is, is going to be uh, pretty nuts this year. Yes, and, it is. And normally you can find some gems, but uh, I don't think this year is going to be the year, and we've touched on why. Um, 9.8 yards per target with Michael Gallup. Stud. Uh, he He's a big play guy. So That's I'm, massive. Yeah, um, that's what she said. Huh. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to, even in podcasts, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting the Michael Scott in there. Uh, shout out to... Oh, you got to. Yeah, of course. Shout out to some of my, some of my fans out there. Ball blast them should enjoy that. <laughs> Shout out um, to the ball blast girls. Yeah, those girls are great, by the way. Absolutely, uh, they're good at what they do. So yeah, rookie fever is going to be in full swing, and and uh, I'm just I'm not I'm not here for it, guys. <laughs> this isn't the year for me. No, I'm. I'm... Redraft, it's you know you fade all the rookies. No way. I mean, dynasty. I'm grabbing some guys that I know will you know have the opportunity in the future to do better. I mean, am I planning on it for 2020? Uh, No. A lot of these guys are going to be more like 2021 picks that uh, you're going to see the value come out of that. Absolutely. And Paula, you mentioned a guy who uh, Marvin Jones Jr. That guy was bally when he got hurt last year. Yeah, he, uh, he's had some health issues. I mean, he played eight games two years ago and 11 games last year, I think. But if he could put – I mean, I think that the health factor is baked into his ADP. And uh, he is probably, I think, the best sideline guy uh, at the position in the league. He could just hug that sideline and kill you with it. It's just a way he could stretch the field. And, and use that to his to his advantage is just unbelievable to me. Uh, I think he's being slept on big time. If you are a Twitter fantasy football person, a lot of people have mentioned Marvin Jones this year. So um, yeah. depending on who you're drafting with, he, you know, it just depends on where he falls. But you know, if you look at just his normal ADP, I don't have the ADP pulled up in front of me. 
it's still pretty low. I mean, he, he could be a steal this year, big time. If you're in a draft with uh, Polly and myself, you likely don't own Marvin Jones. You you probably don't have him. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, yeah, that's a big one. Um, what do you guys think about um, – uh, we're talking about running back contracts. You know, it's kind of gone under the radar that Aaron Jones is in talks about an extension. People are just assuming that A.J. Dillon's going to be the guy moving forward. And uh, I, I don't I don't see it. I think they're going to sign Aaron Jones and keep him going. And I think Dillon's going to be – uh, goal line, short yardage guy. He doesn't have the skill set that Jones has for um, pass catching and, and and lateral movement and all that. Dylan's just a. I mean, he's a beast. You know, he runs he runs you over and like you know, there's no tomorrow. But it's just another. I, I don't know. I see a lot of things that just aren't being talked about as much, and I haven't seen hardly anybody talk about Aaron Jones. They're just kind of assuming that he's out. And uh, I don't know if that's the case. So a lot of people are, like you said, pointing to the selection of A.J. Dillon and expecting that to spell trouble for Aaron Jones when I think that spells trouble for Jamalfa Williams. There it is. There it Um, is. Those guys were drafted in the same draft class. Jones was drafted ahead of Jamalfa, if I remember correctly. And I think that so they're both going to be up for uh, free agency. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see them re-sign Aaron Jones and let Jamal Williams walk. Yep. And they have his replacement already in house in AJ Dillon. Dillon and Jones are a perfect complement for one another. Agreed. Dylan doesn't do the things that Jones does, and Jones doesn't do the things that Dylan does. Although Jones is a very good uh, goal line back, very underrated in that aspect of his game. He's like a little Swiss Army knife. He can do it all. I, I saw him make an over-the-shoulder catch last year that most wide receivers uh, would have been jealous of. In the end zone? Yes, yep. in the end zone. I, mm-hmm. I forget yeah. who it was against. Um, no, I can picture it right now. It was beautiful. It was like one-handed over the shoulder, just ball tracking. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think that, you know, teams bring in these guys and people just think that they're going to be the heir apparent. I mean, I don't think Darienton Evans is going to be the starter for Tennessee next no. year. <laughs> I don't think A.J. Dillon is going to be the starter for Green Bay next year. I think these guys were brought in to complement, and I think that those incumbents will get signed. I mean, Tennessee's got – you want to talk about salary cap. they got plenty. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for them not to sign Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still in his prime. And he still does what they want him to do because they want to pound the freaking rock. It's, uh, you know, overreaction to, to just teams drafting for depth and drafting for for need and not necessarily, you know, kicking these other guys out. You know, Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry are still young. Yeah, sure. the, only, the, the only thing that could possibly spell trouble uh, for Jones is that he's one of five starters scheduled to hit free agency next spring. Um, you would expect them to re-sign David Bakhtiari, um, the, and then Kenny Clark, Corey Lindsey, Kevin King. These guys are going to 
They're going to have to. I mean, they're not replacing him in the draft, that's for sure. No. Uh, I don't know what Green Bay's doing. Uh, but they're going to have to re-sign these guys, especially if they, they're going to try and convince Rodgers that they're giving it their all to win a Super Bowl. So it should be an interesting off season next year in Green Bay. Yeah, like I said, they had one of the one of the worst drafts I think I've seen a team have. You know, for a team that was like what thirteen and three, and you know they're on they can make a run at it, and they do absolutely nothing. You know, to give Aaron Rodgers any help, and you know they bring it. I I like AJ Dillon. I think the kid is. You know, he, he's a good story. You know, he's from D.C. He's a tank, you know, but is he going to take Aaron Jones' role? No. And will they resign Aaron Jones? Quite possibly. I mean, yet to be seen, but I still think Jones has the best chance. They didn't help him with weapons. I mean, they got Devin Funches. <laughs> Why did I know that was coming? I was waiting for it, dude. I was waiting for the Funches remark. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm really contrarian on this. I I liked the Jordan Love pick, guys. I know. Uh, I mean, I I liked locking up that position for years and years and years to come. Uh, with I think he was uh, definitely the second or third best, you know, quarterback in the draft, and and light the fire under under Aaron Rodgers for. You know, for his remaining time there, I think you get the most out of your incumbent because he's he's going to want to go out there and tear it up to show that rookie that he's going to be sitting for a while. And also, they've already yep. laid the blueprint for for the quarterback to to sit. Uh, I mean, how many years did did Rogers sit when Favre was there? It's like three, three years, least, right? right? Yeah, I think okay. it was three. So it's the blueprint that's worked for you before. It fires up your starter. You've locked up the most important position in sports, in, 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 in the sport. I don't see why so many people are. I mean, I know people wanted a wide receiver there, and I get that. But, you know, in, in Superflex, do you, do you draft Patrick Mahomes or do you draft Michael Thomas? I mean, you draft Patrick Mahomes, right? Yep. I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm definitely against the grain on, you know, the majority of the community thinks that, they had a bad draft. I liked the Jordan Love pick. Well, let, let's not start comparing Jordan Love to Patrick Mahomes. Um, <laughs> I, I was drafted. using it as an example of what you do for your team when you're drafting your team. Do you draft your quarterback first or do you draft a wide receiver? Now, you and I, Randall, we we do fade quarterbacks at the beginning of uh, super flex drafts, but most people don't. You know, Most people would take that. Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott before they address any other position. That was my, that was my, you know, correlation there. Not necessarily talent for talent. Fair enough. I, I didn't genuinely think you were comparing their <laughs> talent. They, it's not like they drafted a surefire thing here. He's a no. project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure how much fire Aaron Rodgers needed lit under him. I mean, <laughs> they were one game away from the Super Bowl. They, right. they were 13-3. and three. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, I don't know, man. I just – I just that's not the pick I would have made. Uh, no. Nope. 
So I, I get it. It's the most important position, yada, 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 but they're not winning without Aaron Rodgers either way. And now they're in a position where they can't get rid of Aaron Rodgers because of the cap hit. And Jordan Love's contract is such that after two years, it's a it's either after two years or after three years, it's an option. Well, how are they going to know to pick that option up if that kid doesn't get on the field? No, you just right. you just gonna pick you just gonna pick this option up, right? Um, Roll the dice. So they're in a they're in a spot now, and they've invited criticism, and they've invited doubt to creep into that locker room. When if they'd have drafted any other position, it doesn't even have to be a wide receiver. Draft any other position other than a quarterback, and they're not in this spot now. They're not answering these questions, and and you know they're going to answer them. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to answer them. They're going to the media is going to have to ask them. It just it just created it just brought a lot of controversy that I don't think they needed. Agreed. Um, so that that's why I'm I'm off of the the selection. Not necessarily because I think Jordan Love's a bad player, because we just don't know. But it, it just put their franchise in a situation that I I just don't think they you they had to go point. there. You make a good point. How many and, more years do you think Aaron Rodgers plays there? He said three. he wanted to play. For, he's, he said he wants to play for five at least five more years. I think so, he plays there two more years. That's what I think too. I think he'll I think he'll finish his career someplace else. I do too. They almost all do. And and if Brady is gonna finish somewhere else. Yeah, Rogers is probably not far behind. Yeah. Yeah. So if I could get two years out of uh Phillip Rivers, then Rogers could just go ahead and, and come get us a Super Bowl over here in India. I'd be good <laughs> <laughs> and man, if and you, really, if you that's guys what, that's the position we put ourselves in because we're kind of in a win now window, and we picked up this quarterback that's, you know, that's got, I mean, no more than two years left. And so, what do you do in two years? I mean, we drafted Jacob Eason. Uh, you know, he's a, you want to talk about a project. He's definitely a project. The kid's got a cannon, though. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, I don't think he'll stick around. Um, I think they'll, he'll end up getting shipped out either cut or traded or something. So we've kind of put ourselves in a position to where we kind of have to get that aging guy again in two years. And that'll be our window. Unless, you know, uh, unless you win it. Yeah. If you win it all this year, you can do whatever. No, that's true. I mean, I don't, I don't see that happening. I know that's, Horrible to say from a fan because all fans are supposed to think, but I mean, just with the new quarterback and 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 all that, uh, I I think we'll compete for sure. But I don't see I don't see us winning the Super Bowl. I think our windows in the next four years and uh, our big window will be next year and the year after that. All these young guys will still be under contract. I mean, the Colts have a very young team. They do, um, but we'll, we'll have to see. I mean. I've got this vision in my head of two years of Rivers and then two years of Rogers, <laughs> and, and that's definite fan. You know, that's that's Homer fan talk right there. But you know, 
stranger things have happened. I think if you guys get one solid year out of Philip Rivers, you should feel lucky. Yeah, they 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 signed him to one year, but all the talk is that uh, they're gonna they're gonna extend him, and he wants to play another year, and we want him to play another year. So we'll have to see. I mean, I'm in a bad spot because I I haven't been a fan uh, of Rivers for a long time, and now he's my quarterback. So now I got to get behind him. Interestingly, he's organizing uh, seven on seven drills on his own. Um, so he's already thrown with Doyle and Paris Campbell. But uh, starting next week, they're going to be doing seven on seven drills. And I don't think uh, I've heard that from any other team. So if the Colts can get early out of the gate with something like that rolling, um, organized by the new quarterback, I mean, that's that's exciting. He just moved here, too, by the way. Like he just. Yep. Literally, him and his family just moved here like two days ago. I don't know why it took that long. But uh, he's new in town, and he's contacting everybody and saying, hey, uh, let's go. So uh, I, I, that's exciting to me, big time. Well, I'm I'm a little higher on your Colts than you are. Um, that's possible. Because, uh, you know, I feel like they have the pieces to compete. Um, if they're going to win with Phillip Rivers, I think it's going to be this year. Uh, the Texans just traded away their best player. Uh, I think the Colts are arguably the favorite for that division. You know, obviously the Titans are going to have something to say about it. Uh, it's going to be a pretty close division. I would expect it to be last place to be seven and nine, first place to be ten and six, something like that. But with that offensive line and that running game, you can go on the road and win playoff games with that kind of team. And if Phillip Rivers can do just enough, um, he, he's won an arrowhead before. Yeah. Thinking dunk game, beat, baby. And we beat yep. Kansas City last year. Yeah, B- Brady's not in the AFC anymore. No, he's not. So no, That's true. Speaking like of which, what, what do you guys think of uh, – of Brady in Tampa, you know this is this is a team that you know they're saying they're in a you know a win now mode. I mean they got the offense. I mean you know you can't go wrong with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk. I mean OJ Howard. You know uh, they got Jones in the backfield, Keyshawn Vaughn now. I mean he's got a lot of weapons. So the offense is gonna is gonna do well, and I think Brady's gonna have a you know a pretty solid year and. You know, will they – do I see them as a, you know, making a run? No. I think that defense is terrible. And, I mean, it's literally going to fall – I mean, I guess don't underestimate Brady, but he's going to have to pull a lot of magic in order to, you know, keep that team going and, you know, keep them in contention, you know, into the playoffs and, and further. So, I like him, but, you know – I. From an NFL thing, from an NFL standpoint, I think though they, they could be a playoff team, but I'm not really expecting it. And from a fantasy team, you know, you know they got a lot of good pieces that I want to buy. So it's Brady, so I think they'll make the playoffs. But I, think it's uh, close. I, I don't think they have the juice to to make a to full to make a full run. No, I really don't. They they needed to address that running game better. I'm not completely sold on Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't even think he'll be the starter. I think it'll still be Ronald Jones. I do too. Um, Interesting. You know they had the, they had some injuries in that secondary that really hurt them, and their run defense was 
Average was pretty good last outstanding. year. Outstanding. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, they did have a good run defense. So that secondary could stay healthy. I think their defense could be a lot better. Just depends on how the team rallies around TB12, man. He he brings a different aspect, a different winning culture. He expects a lot of his players. Mm-hmm. He'll just dress them down uh, right in the middle of the field during the game, during practice. Doesn't matter. You know, but then he'll, you know, pat you on the ass and, and be friends with you later. But, I mean, like on the field, he's the general, man. He's – I think that the offensive – capabilities are there it's just going to be different i mean he's not going to throw as much as winston did i don't know i mean i think that some of the guys that we're looking at could see a lot less targets this year dj moore chris godwin mike evans i think that you know the efficiency is going to need to be there because the targets i think are going to be a lot less brady's not throwing it 600 times i mean let's just be honest no he's not uh so you guys mentioned the the defense. So I'll just uh, I'll start there. They were the third. They were number three against the run last year. So they had a pretty good run defense. DVOA wise, they finished as the league's fifth best unit. Uh, they jumped twelve spots in total defense in terms of yards allowed uh, under Todd Bowles. And and remember, this is the first year. Total points allowed dropped 3%, and they jumped up in the rankings because of that. They went from dead last to fifth in terms of overall DVOA, and it was the unit finished as the third best weighted defense, and weighted rankings tend to reflect sustainability. So I don't think that defense, and they had some injuries, and they're not going to have... Jameis Winston putting them in precarious predicament after precarious predicament. I don't think that defense is as bad as you guys think. No, I think it was. Uh, I think it was underrated uh, extremely. Now, granted, they play in a division that is like the the Pro Football Big Twelve, and there's going to be a lot of points scored in that division, but. Uh, I think they can win that division. It wouldn't shock me at all to see them win that division. That would be interesting to me. I mean, I, I, I would see the the Saints or the Falcons. Absolutely. But you never know. I mean, like I said, the the Brady factor cannot be ignored. He's a champion, so it, it, it'll be real interested to see. Everybody's tripping that you know they're going to be running twelve personnel. Uh, remember the overreaction to that on, on Twitter, but coach came out and said, "Yeah, that's that's been my base offense since what since Pittsburgh." So you know that's they've got you know they've got the weapons, um, and they've got a they've got a, their defense is young too, so it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I can't wait for the first Breeze Brady game. That's going to be. Historic. I don't know what week it is, but that's going to be great. Yeah, I I, um, I don't expect the offense, Bruce Arians' offense, to change a whole lot. No. I think they're still going to go down the field. They're probably not going to go down the field as much. They're going to incorporate some things that Brady likes to do, 
and when the field shortens, they're going to they're gonna throw to the tight end. I mean, Brady has thrown 144 of his career touchdowns to the tight end position. So they're – and he's got three good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Brate restructured to stay in Tampa. They have come out and said that O.J. Howard is not on the trade block. They have no interest in trading him. And everybody knows that they – went and traded for Gronk. Now, I think that's more window dressing than anything. That's, let's keep Brady happy. It's what he wants. Um, I don't really expect there to be some sort of fantasy goldmine there with Gronkowski this year. I don't I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that are, but. No, not at all. Yeah. No, not at all. Me neither. Um, it'll be fun, though. Yeah, it'll be I fun. <laughs> He's going to have two or three Gronk spikes uh, yep. that, 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 that are going to be fun. Again, uh, I think the, the X factor there is the backfield. Ronald yep. Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn and Dari Ogumboale are not Sony Michelle, James White, and Rex Burkhead. You know, I just, I think that that's just a, a step down in, in all, in all areas. And, and they, with that defense, you're going to want a strong run game. I don't know that it's there. I really don't. I mean, I think they need to bring somebody in. I mean, Devontae Freeman's still out there. I don't know. Or, or trade for somebody or something because I, I just I think that that's the the thing that Brady needs is a strong uh, run game to set up his play actions and, 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 you know, to sustain drives. And I just I think that's the weak part there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how much – uh, Freeman has left in his tank. Yeah, I know, but for a, a guy to come in and you know get 150, 200 carries, push the ball up the field, you know, I just I don't know. I, I think he's I Freeman might be better in the passing game. Yeah, I'm not saying he's Christ in cleats or anything because I mean he's still sitting out there. But I'm just I'm just thinking of who they could grab to to get a little bit more depth. I just, uh, I don't like that. I don't like that backfield. I like uh, Ronald Jones. I don't know that he's going to, you make an interesting point with the play action. I don't know that he's going to be sucking up linebackers to that line of scrimmage. He's going to have to play a bit better. 4.2 yards carry is not going to do it. Although that was a marked improvement from his uh, rookie year. He flashed towards the end of the year. He definitely flashed. Yeah. He's still catching the ball with his body. That's got to get fixed. I mean, they even released a, a little workout video of him today. Did you see? I did see yes. it. Yeah, he's yeah. Catching, the, catching the ball with his body, and they're, like, uh-huh. highlighting that. <laughs> and, then, and then he goes to evade the tackle and holds the ball out way out away from his body so somebody could strip it. It was just, like, a horrible display of... He he like, he looks like Shady McCoy. M- McCoy does that um, yeah. the way he holds the ball. Yeah, um, but he had thirty one for three oh nine in the air last year, which is is better than I thought. Yep. Uh, before I looked it up, well, there might be some interesting free agents that end up popping up after camp. Some camp cuts, you know, if the Bengals move on from Geo. You know, who knows? I mean, Rex Burkhead could get cut, what they're saying. So, who knows? They could add somebody and, you know, muddle the backfield up a little bit more, but we'll see. I think if they were going to – 
Tom could definitely say, go get me Rex. I could see that. I could and, totally, uh, I was just looking at that. Yeah. Geo's an interesting uh, study because uh, I was reading up on, they could save, uh, they could save a couple mil by cutting him. So he could definitely become a cut, but they need, you know, mix him to solidify first. Oh, that's uh, what it is. Yeah. I, I was, um, a Brady guy. Uh, Dion Lewis was, a, you know, he was out there for a while and, I thought maybe if they were going to make a move, they could have signed him for really cheap. And they elected not to do that. Yeah. Thought they might go after Deion Lewis as well, but, you know. Where did they end up going? The Giants. Yeah, the Giants. Oh, wow. So, yeah, which is, you know, <laughs> he might get a few, uh, he might get a few carries just to break Saquon, but nothing to, nothing to go crazy over. I no, think that the, the Giants uh, kind of learned their lesson going into a season with Wayne Gallman. Agreed. Their, their RB2. Just have a little insurance, just in case. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, I think that's going to be a wrap on the first episode. Thoroughly enjoyed it. If you've enjoyed any of this content, you can follow all of us along. I am at FF Terminator. You can follow us at The Undroppables. We got a lot more uh, coming for you. Would you guys like to drop your Twitter handles for the millions and millions of the Rocks fans out there? Yeah, I will. Uh, so I'm at the BZBFF, and uh, make sure you check us out. Um, like I said, great time, good first episode. You know, we're just going to keep getting better and better as we go, and uh, I look forward to doing some more. Yeah, uh, at Pauly Sleepers. And uh, go to cantcutlist.com and mm-hmm. see all of our rankings. So that's uh, the three of us and uh, uh, Nick, who is Chalk White, and Jax Falcone, D. Brown, Blake Hampton. Did I forget anybody? Stoner. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Stoner. I did that on purpose. Stoner. Uh, we've got some great articles on there. Um, uh, there's uh, um, My Sleepers is on there, your rankings. Um, we've got a ton of stuff in the works, guys, where we're going to have uh, uh, team analyzers where you can plug in your team from your uh, sleeper platform and have your team graded, have trades graded, Dynasty Calculator on the way. The Uncalculator. Uncalculator, baby. All the things that you need uh, to be successful in your fantasy football. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Mm